Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Welcome in on a Monday morning. What a weekend of sports. The undefeated fall. The winless prevail. What a day. The Jets and Giants both get their first wins. Giants couldn't stop Taysom Hill. That was an awesome touchdown run. He had two. One was good. One was awesome. Running over four guys to score. Phenomenal. But the Giants win an OT and the Jets win an OT. Zach Wilson. He rolled right. Again and again and again. He threw two touchdowns rolling right. He threw a third pass over 50 yards rolling right. I would say that if your job is to contain him and keep him in the pocket so he doesn't roll right and throw, you'd better do your job. Jets beat the Titans. He threw for almost 300 yards in that game. They get their first win. Uh, plenty of stuff going on. The Cardinals beat the Rams in the Battle of Unbeatens, and it wasn't close. There was no drama. It was a bad game, honestly. Uh, the Cardinals are 4-0. There were five teams at 3-0. The Cardinals get to 4-0. The only other team that could pull it off is the Raiders tonight when they play the Chargers. They're 3-0. Broncos got their first loss. Man, once Bridge, their offense wasn't doing well, and when Bridgewater went out, it was over. Concussion, helmet-to-helmet. They missed. Uh, they definitely missed him. I don't know that they would have won the game anyway. They weren't really move. They weren't they seven points and a half. Isn't exactly explosive, but you know, it's more points than zero points and a half. That's for sure. That's what they got in the second half without him. All right, we'll get to all the NFL coming up. We will get to the uh, the baseball uh, wild card. Four teams for two spots in the American League. Of course, the Yankees and the Red and the Red Sox win. So New York's going to Boston for the wild card game Tuesday. The Giants do their thing. They win again. They close out the Dodgers, despite the fact the Dodgers won. So the Giants win the West. Dodgers will host the Cardinals in the wild card game. If I were the Braves and the Brewers, I would be pumped that I'm not facing the Dodgers, the Giants, or the Cardinals. The Cardinals had their 17-game win streak. The Dodgers win 106 games. The Giants win 107. Yeah, the Braves and Brewers should be pumped to play each other. And if one of them had been in the World Series, I'm going to be really disappointed. Don't need you guys there. You're not the best teams. Don't, don't do that. Although you never know in the baseball playoffs with the pitching. You, you get a couple hot starting pitchers and everything changes. All right, enough of that. Let's get to it. Uh, the Utah Jazz, they're playing the first preseason game tonight in San Antonio. Uh, Eric Pascal, one of the new guys on the team. I would expect he gets a lot of minutes and just see what he does. Here he is with the media. Well, Eric, you've obviously been around some of these guys, but what's kind of been the first week as an actual teammate and kind of through training camp? Uh, it's been fun. Um, again, it's, it's obviously a new team, new start. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's been cool. It's a good vibe around here. Um, I like it. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm excited to get the season started. I've been asking a few of the new guys who come, like, when we talked to Hassan on content day, he was talking about meeting Coach Q for the first time and how he came in, like, you know, having seen the memes and the gifts and thinking he was, like, this super intense, angry guy all the time and then, like, him not being like that in real life. Just wonder uh, what your first impressions were of Coach Q when you met him. It's about the same, as Hassan said. Um, again, playing against the Jazz, you, you see him on the sideline with his – uh, arms folded and you're like, damn, this dude's super intense. But when I started to talk to him, it was like, it was great. It was a great conversation. And you see he's actually a real cool guy and laid back. And obviously he cares about the game of basketball, but um, he's cool to be around for sure. Is there anyone else on the team that kind of like you were surprised by who they actually were on off the court versus on the court? Um, Mike Conley a little bit, I would say. Um, just strictly of, I didn't know, like, he plays Warzone. I didn't know, like, he really plays Warzone that much. Um, I already know who Sound was, everybody else, but I think Mike Conley surprised me the most. 
So speaking of video games, uh, Don told us the other day that he always destroyed you in NBA 2K. Is this is this correct? Oh my God. If he wants to believe that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not agreeing to that. But if he if that makes him happy at the end of the day, go ahead. I'm not. He didn't used to destroy me. I can say that. He said he would often play with Rudy Gay. Is that true? Yeah, he would. He would. It was, it was, it's weird because we really used to play like with Rudy Gay, and now we're playing with him in real life. So it's it's definitely weird. But what was what was uh, Rudy's response to that when you guys told him that? He was like, "Oh, the first thing he said was like, oh, 'Oh, I'm not that old.'" And I was like, yeah, "If you think about it, ten years ago, you were 25. I was 15. Like, you know what I'm saying?" So. Uh, Pretty old, Rudy, but he, he he always says like he's not that old, but he is. He's he's a little old, uh, old head of the team. Sorry about that. Speaking of Rudy, um, his injury is going to keep him out for at least the first part of the regular season. Do you feel like that's giving you more of an opportunity? Uh yeah. I mean, but again, I'm, I'm just trying to prove myself regardless. I mean, it, if he was hurt or not. So again, I just got to get my foot in the door. Uh, bring some intensity, toughness, and uh, do that every day, regardless of. Who's who's hurt or not? You mentioned that uh, Don had told you that like his advice for you is one play defense, two turn those mid rangers into threes. What's been like? Now you've been through OTAs, you've been through training camp, you've mm-hmm. been through a few other practices. Kind of what's been the acclimation process? Uh, do you feel like you're getting more comfortable with what they do here? Uh yeah, I am. It's still rough not be able to shoot my mid range because that's like my bread and butter. But uh, again, I've been I've been trying to. Uh, adjust to it it's so hard because like even just like coming off a ball screen I know it's there like I know my mid-range is there and I know it's like for me it's like a layup like I, I love a mid-range jumper but you got at the end of the day you got to realize like they don't shoot mid-range so it's hard so I got to start adjusting to it but uh, I've been adjusting well I, I, I've been constantly thinking like uh can't shoot my midi so either go to the basket or shoot this three other than other than that like what's what's kind of the biggest difference from uh the system you were playing in Golden State Oh, it's pretty similar. I mean, I I compare this though more to uh, Villanova, just because uh, me me and Coach Quinn talked about it, and uh, we were just I was just saying like he wants to shoot a lot of threes. And Villanova, we broke the NCAA record of like most threes in the season, so uh, it's very similar to that. So it's not it's not that big of an adjustment for me to uh, come into this system. You talked about it, the mid-range being your bread and butter. Is he kind of giving you like, hey, there will be a time it could be there? Or is are you just like, all right, it's out of my arsenal completely? In the back of my head, it's in my arsenal. But uh, I know it's there if I need it, if I absolutely need it. But I've been trying to just, you know what I'm saying, do what coach says. So not really a mid-range jumper, no long twos, just either a layup or a three. And I think we have a few questions from Zoom. Sarah Todd, do you want to go ahead? Eric, uh, when you're heading into preseason and you're trying to get acclimated with the team, like you said, and adjust your game, kind of what are your goals for the four games? Um, honestly, just go out there, play hard, uh, have some fun. I mean, again, it, it, you got to establish yourself. Every year is different. So for me, it's literally just going out there, having fun, and uh, playing hard and bring some toughness, play some defense, maybe hit a few threes. I mean, but uh, – yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, there's Eric Pascal, one of the new guys, and here's one of the veterans, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. Here's Jordan. Heading into another season, like when the preseason comes, does it feel different? Uh, a little bit, because I don't even know. Last year, we didn't have that many preseason games either. I feel like we well, we got four this year, five, four, yeah. Uh, 
All it is is for real is just preparing, you know, putting in stuff uh, that we're going to use during the year. Uh, we got new additions. We got new teams. That we all trying to, like, put all that stuff in during this point of period of time. Um, and just trying to get a flow so we get rolling in the regular season. But for me, it feels it feels great. Um, definitely uh, been a good training camp, good uh, and a lot of teaching from coaching standpoint, and you know players communicating stuff like that. So I think it's been great, uh, and going into the regular season, it's it's gonna help us a lot. How do things kind of start to get tailored? Like, do practices change at all as like games start getting closer? Uh. I feel like we kind of stayed on the same, you know, practice regimen. A lot of teaching, beginning, and then playing. Um, you know, you, it, the only way you're going to get, you know, to be able to learn is kind of like on the fly. Coach throwing us in those situations in, the, in, uh, in practice, um, what other teams going to do and stuff like that. So we continue to be prepared. But um, I feel like we're doing a good job of that right now. Uh, we saw on the Zoom practice yesterday, Jared kind of hit, I think it was Mike, with <laughs> yeah. a nasty crossover, finished over Rudy. Are those plays been normal for him during this whole training camp? Um, yeah, he been, uh, he been playing really well. He has a great pace. He's shifty. He's able to get to his spots, being able to finish. And um, Like I said, this training camp is going to be big for him in terms of learning and, uh, you know, on the fly and, and getting there and hoop. Uh, and then for Mike, Mike's sake, he, uh, you know, his legs and stuff don't turn on until about seven, and, and after that. So, uh, <laughs> take what take what take what you want from that that film. But you know, he's uh, but Jared has been a uh, a great you know uh, player through this whole training camp, playing and learning and everything. So it's been really good for him. Uh, obviously, we didn't know you when you were starting off with the Lakers and whatnot, but it feels like your personality, at least from a distance, has kind of broken out of its shell almost. You've gotten more comfortable. What's kind of been the process of that coming out and just being, I don't know, the chill guy that you are? Uh, I mean, i kind of always been like this in L.A. Just, uh, you know, I might have been a little bit more uh, turned up when I was in uh, L.A., but, um, you know, just feeling comfortable, you know, with my teammates. I'm not, you know, too comfortable or anything where – you know, stuff. But, um, you know, just my teammates, coaches, um, they have gave me ability, you know, speak to people, talk to people, um, you know, have some kind of leadership role, knowing that I've been in the league for a little bit longer now. And, you know, I think that comes with a little bit more comfortability as well, you know, being around the game uh, in the league for eight years now. Um, you know, you kind of transition into a vet role, a super vet role. Um kind of communicating, teaching, and uh, sharing stories that, you know, you've had with, you know, other teammates and uh, other teams and, you know, the process of the whole league and stuff like that. So that's why I feel like I'm getting comfortable in, in that part of the area. And, you know, I'm always free-minded and free-spirited. So got to keep it going. You know, we missing George Niang, loud, annoying voice. Uh, but I know he's bringing it out there in Philly. <laughs> Does it feel like you've been in the league eight years? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's crazy. The time flew by so fast, man. What's it, uh, has there been like kind of a sense among the guys that like things feel different now that like, you know, you're going to games and there's going to be people there like right at the beginning of the season now that like you guys are, I don't know, like, like 
what's the has has the day to day process changed at all? Like, is there less testing now going on with everyone vaccinated? Like, uh, I think so. I don't know. I haven't really uh protocols. I don't even think they came out. I kind of wait for uh, you know those guys to kind of send me a text and tell me what's going on. I halfway read that. I just got to read the times and they tell us what time we testing or whatever. And you know I'm there. But uh, in terms of like the fans and stuff. Um, well, I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. We we packed the crowd out there in the playoffs, so I feel like it's not going to be no different. If anything, it brings some more excitement, some more energy, and, um, you know, just great for us, to be honest with you. It gives us some way more home court advantage. We get, what is it, the 70, 72 hours you got to provide with a negative test and or you be vaccinated. So, I mean, I said that – uh, in media day, you're going to miss the best show. You know, we're going to go out there and, you know, rack up wins in the regular season and, um, you know, put on a show for you guys. All right, we'll move to Zoom. Tom, go ahead. Is he mute? Tom, can you hear me? You can go ahead. Yeah, uh, that's it. I know it's preseason, but does it ever get old for you facing the Spurs? Uh, uh, man, no, never. It's always good to go back home, uh, play against the Spurs, see my family, see my friends. Um, that arena almost, you know, feels like uh, another home for me as well, you know, because my parents be there close to the bench and. Uh, all my friends, I could see them in the stands and family members. So I never get tired of going back. Uh, and, you know, I love it. And I never get tired of preseason either. I just love the hoop. Will, will you be able to get out and interact with family and friends? Or, uh, or go to any place that you'd like to go to? Um, I hope so because, I mean, I'll probably end up going to, like, Wayne's Wings or something, uh, get some chicken wings. Probably take my daughter out to ice cream if we able to do that. So, um, you know, but we'll see. I love going back to San Antonio, see all my folks. Uh, it's a big one for me. Um, you know, it's kind of been, uh, you know, it's uh, one, of my, one of my best friends died uh, on the 4th. So, uh, on my preseason game when I was with the Lakers. And um, so going back uh, kind of mean a little bit more. Uh, even though it's a preseason game, just, you know, being there, being able to support, uh, you know, his brother and his family as well. So, um, no, it's a big one. I'm so sorry. Was that someone you played with? or? Oh, uh, yeah, it's someone I grew up with, um, someone that, uh, you know, mentored me, someone that I looked up to. Uh, his name was Cameron Moore. Um, and, yeah. So sorry for your loss. Oh, man. So, sorry. All right, that's yep. it. Appreciate it. Should George, can I ask you one more? Is this new? Yeah, yeah, the face tat, yeah. What do you, th as the fashion guy, what do you think of this black and white trend that they're going on? I love it. You see what I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, can I ask, what is this? It says, uh, forgive me love, and then upside down is pain. Yeah. All right, they're the Jazz with the media. They've got the Spurs tonight. When we come back, we're going to hear from the Aggies after the loss to BYU. Utah State is 3-2. and two. Personally, I think they have a great shot at seven wins. I think they have a pretty good shot at eight wins. Uh, can't rule nine out. I wouldn't predict it, but you can't rule it out. We'll hear from the Aggies next. Ready, 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 ready. 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 
It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So Utah State wins three straight games to start the season, then they lose to Boise State and BYU. The offense has definitely slowed down. It has twice as many points in the Air Force win as they had in the BYU and Boise State losses combined. There's film on you. People start to catch up to you. Uh, They're not going to let Devin Tompkins beat him deep all the time. He did make some plays against BYU, though. He wasn't totally shut down. Uh, Here's Devin Tompkins after the game. Offense started to get it going there in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter as well. What were you able to do to try to generate some offense there in the the second half? Um, Really, we just believed, you know, we just kept on telling ourselves we're still in this game. And, you know, from the scoreboard, we were still in the game, 13-24. So we just played hard like we know how to do, you know, played 60 minutes of football. That's all we know how to do. Curious, DT, were they doing anything out there that differently than what you had seen on film during the course of the week? Uh, nothing at all. They gave us everything that we wanted. Uh, man coverage, cover two, a little bit of cover three sometimes. So it was everything that we knew they were going to do. When you uh, you had some opportunities out there and it felt like uh, you guys were getting it going in the second half, um, what was it that BYU – I mean, I, what was it that kind of got that offense cooking a little bit? Because it seemed like first half was a bit of a struggle, uh, but then the passing game really opened up for you. What did you see there in the second half? Um, just all the all the things that were available to us in the first half. You know, we just came – like the OC Coach Tucker came down, you know, telling us what he saw out there, and then we saw the same exact thing. So we just wanted to execute whatever he saw, and that's what we did. DT, I- Obviously, a three-no start to to get off to that good start and back-to-back losses. Now, what what's the message in the locker room, and and how are you guys responding? Take over the conference. That's all we can do. You know, lost one one big one to Boise, but just went out the rest of these games and then see whatever uh, God has for us after this. Um, any worries about? Uh this team and the morale of this team because I know you guys have, have handled a lot. You're a resilient team. You, you anticipate you guys will bounce back nicely? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we got a lot of work to do, especially with this bye week, you know, gives us time to get the people that are beat up a little bit, some, uh, you know, get them get them back healthy and everything, get them back on the field. And there's just so much more work that we need to do. You know, that's all that this game showed us. And the Boise State game is just we got a lot to clean up. Uh, two questions for you, DT. You, you mentioned the bye week, and, I, and I've got to believe that that bye week may come at a good time to get some guys healthy. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. You know, we just – it's five games straight, you know. We're, be, we're, we're a little sore right now, so, you know, it would be good for us to get our bodies back together and, you know, go out here on the week after and play UNLV and get us another W under our belt. And, and the second question is, uh, you know, it, it feels like there's maybe just small little things that uh, that are that are not quite clicking all the way. Is that what you see as well? Just the, the the minute details that can make the difference in being successful or not. Oh yeah, definitely. It's those little itty bitty bitty details. You know, like just the little things. You know, we shoot our one thing. We have a problem with is shooting ourselves in the foot on offense sometimes. You know, whether it's penalties or fumbles or interceptions, things of that nature. So just gotta clean up the little minor details. And I think we'll be, you know, and we'll be just fine, you know, playing great football. BYU's just a good team. 
Do you feel like over the last, you know, two or three weeks, the teams are defending you a little bit differently than maybe at the first of the season? Um, not not necessarily. I mean, from my end, I don't really feel like they are. You know, I feel like, you know, same thing, cover one sometimes, cover two, depending on how they play. Sometimes they'll have a person outside and inside bracking me a little bit. But, you know, those are things that we can defeat with our offense all day. Talk about your touchdown catch. Uh, it looked like a little bit of an inside fade route, and uh, you got the step. Oh, yeah, it was a slam go. I saw him bite just a little bit that I needed and shot straight back to the back pylon. That's what we worked on all week in practice. You don't need much. When you see a guy kind of slip for a second, do you kind of smile at yourself like, I got him? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, that, that, makes me, that makes me light up every time. When I see him just take that little step inside, that's all I need. Do you enjoy, DT, the, the physical nature of this game in terms of you know, making those contested catches? I remember one down the sideline where you're on a go route and, and the, the, as you're going to the field, the, the defender was able to kind of knock the ball out. But you've got, I mean, for not being very big, you are one of the toughest sons of guns we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I play, I, you know, I got, I got a lot I'm playing for right now. You know, my kids, my mother, everybody back at home, you know, there's a lot of people that actually depend on me. So. You know, I'm not just playing for, you know, Utah State at the end of the day. I'm playing for my last name and everything that comes with it. You know, one thing, and this is, you know, I, I, I don't get a chance to go to a lot of practices, but just seeing your demeanor on the sideline, how you handle yourself inside the huddle, it feels like you've really developed into a leader on this team. Is that a role that you've embraced and, and you've yeah. enjoyed? Because you're kind of the hype man over on the sideline. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, I, I, I just I love this, this atmosphere. I love this team, you know, and um, – you know, I, I know that I'm a, I'm a big-time player, you know, for this team. So I know if they if my teammates see me up and, you know, upbeat and feeling good and everything and hype, that'll get them hype and stuff like that. So I just want to keep my energy good on the sidelines. It was good to see your mate Kyle Van Leeuwen get out there and get a few catches tonight. And obviously, oh, yeah. Brandon, your inside receiving game is just really magical. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, especially getting Kyle out there. You know, he's he's a person that, you know, definitely in the first three games or the first four games definitely could have got him some more, uh, you know, playing time. And that was the that was definitely the um, the goal this weekend. As you can see, he he's uncoverable. Yeah. Uh, any plans for the bye week? You're just hanging out here in Logan. Are you going to be able to get home a bit? Uh, no, nah, I'm going to stay out here in Logan, chill with my son, and just get ready, you know, for this week after. Just get this taste out of my mouth, these two losses, and – you know, just keep on finishing out the season. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks, DT. Thank you guys so much. All right, there is Devin Tompkins. Now here's the optimistic head coach, Blake Anderson. And honestly, looking at their schedule, they're 3-2 and two now. They've got a bye week. They ought to beat UNLV. They ought to beat New Mexico. They ought to beat New Mexico State. So that's six wins in bowl eligibility. That would leave you at 6-2. and two. Now you just have to, you know, if you split the other four games, you're at 8-4. and four. So I would think Utah State is still going to have a good season here. they got a bye week now. Here's head coach Blake Anderson. Coach, we talked to you at halftime. You felt like you'd, you're in the right place. You're doing good things. It's just tackling. And we're kind of holding you back. And uh, kind of felt like that was also the theme in the second half as well. What was your perspective? Yeah, a little bit. I, I think so. We, we, had a couple, we had a couple big mistakes that cost us. Thought when we got it to a seven-point game, you know, honestly, in my head, we got it right where we wanted to be. Felt like uh, our conditioning was starting to show up. You could tell there was some fatigue setting in on their sideline. And uh, if we could get a stop, I, I really felt like the momentum had shifted, shifted to us in a big way. Um, and, and that's where our guys have been all year and, and comfortable with that situation. But um, the big run, we, we literally, we were aligned wrong. We're trying to get aligned correctly, snap the ball, and we end up out of two gaps. And the next thing you know, the dude's in the end zone. And just, just it's a mistake you can't make. It's a mistake you definitely can't make at that particular 
point in the game, and at that point you got clock working against you basically in every every area. Obviously, Bonner going down changed some things for us as well. So um, frustrating. Uh, we played much better than we did a week ago. A lot less mistakes than we had a week ago, but still some costly ones in key key situations that uh, make it very tough to beat a team of that caliber. That's that's a really good football team, and they are they're playing good football. So frustrating tonight in that sense talk about uh, logan where, where is he at uh, what was the, what happened on that play you know a hyperextended knee uh really awkward uh, as he's throwing the ball uh, and the hit happened there um too early to tell exactly what that looks like i think he's going to be okay don't know what kind of time frame that's going to be structurally he tested okay but we'll still get an mri and really look but it, it was awkward and he he could not return at that point and, and luckily we've got an open week to possibly get him get him healthy um we'll just have to wait and see i mean i mean logan bonner obviously but for the rest of your team this bye week seems like it couldn't come at a better time yeah a lot of physical football here Our, our our schedule has been difficult some very physical teams big physical teams uh, when you consider just the battles that we've had up front, uh, we, we need this desperately. We need to get fresh and, and kind of reset our mind um, and, and hope that as we go into the conference stretch that uh, we can be a little closer to uh, to full strength. We, we were missing a few guys tonight in, in, in key spots that, that we need back. And some guys that are playing need need to be fresh and healthy, and, and that's, that's all this week's going to be about that and, and just making some corrections. Did you have a sense coming in, Coach, that, uh, you know, 35 carries for only 22 yards on the ground? Did you have a sense that it was going to be tough sledding uh, on the ground tonight, or is that a little bit disappointing in, in, in the output there? Well, it's disappointing. I'd like to have more, but we also felt like that our our advantage was our speed out in space, and we utilized that to move the ball when we did move it, um, you know, and again, and, and battle to get ourselves back into uh, a one-possession game, which is saying a lot against who we're playing, but They've not been easy for anybody to run the ball against. They're they're massive. They do a good job schematically, able to shed blocks. And I would have liked to have seen us run it a little bit better. But but it doesn't surprise me that it was as big of a challenge as it was. Looking ahead, um, and you mentioned you know what you'll be doing during this uh, during this off week as well. But this has been a resilient team. They've handled a lot of adversity. Um, you get the sense in that locker room, this guy, this team's ready to respond and get back into Mountain West Conference play, it seems like. I do, absolutely. Frustrated, disappointed, no doubt. This is a big game, and, and you, could, you could feel the gravity of the week. I mean, these guys get it, and, and I, I could not. I mean, the, the crowd was amazing. This is, this is a, an unbelievable place, and it did not disappoint tonight, and, and our guys battled all the way through. I mean, they never gave up, never got down. Uh, they had the right attitudes coming out the field, the locker room, the body language, disappointment, which you would expect. But, man, this is this is a group that's going to keep battling. There's a lot of good football ahead of us. There's a lot of games that we can win, and we're not out of anything. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get them healthy and get them ready to go. I have zero doubt this this group will continue to work and continue to improve and play and win a lot of games down the stretch. You know, Coach, I it, it, per, perhaps that that drive in the. Uh, in the fourth quarter personified that. I mean, you're backed up starting at the 10. You have, what, four different reviews. Uh, just so much going on there, and including some stuff with uh, with some officials on the sideline that were – I'm not sure what was going on there, but uh, you just kept battling through it, and then you get it in the end zone and get it to a one-score game. I mean, it, it sort of epitomizes the mentality of this team, I think. 
Yeah, that's who this, this group is. And I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't be more proud. I mean, I'm disappointed with the mistakes and disappointed with the loss, but I'm not disappointed in the guys. I mean, this is a group that I think probably 99% of the country has said we'd be 1-4 and four right now. We're sitting here at 3-2, and two, and we just battled the number 13 team in the country to a one-possession game late and, uh, and battled back because we were down early. This group will battle. They will fight. They will work. They are positive. They care about each other. We're getting better. We didn't win tonight, but if if, if I'm a Utah State fan right now, I look at this team and I'm like, man, I ain't missing a snap. I, I, I love this group, and, and this is going to be a lot of fun as we continue to develop this group. And we're going to recruit and develop for the future. This, this, this rivalry, this game, it's going to be a little bit different for the boys in Provo in the future, I can promise you. Right now, we're a little bit down. We're a little bit out, man, but that will not stay that way. We, we will recruit and develop. It's going to be a fun game in the future, and we're going to make them earn everything they get. Speaking of that, is this a big week, uh, that bye week? Is that a big week for recruiting for you guys? It is. It is. I mean, it's an opportunity to get out and go see some guys. We really haven't had that uh, chance to this point. It's uh, an opportunity to maybe make some final decisions on guys, get a chance to see them in person, maybe get to see them play. But uh, honestly, mainly this this week is about refreshing uh, both coaches and players. Just kind of, we haven't had a break in quite a while. We've been grinding that hard. Refresh, regroup. Uh, tendencies and self-scout and making sure as we go, do get into heavy dose of conference play that, that we um, were able to uh, make sure we go into it fresh both physically and then mentally and schematically make sure that we're on the right page as well. You know, I was going to ask you about that, Coach. Uh, you, you do now get into the heavy part of the, of the conference schedule and a lot to play for still. And so I, I got to believe that uh, the message out there is, hey, all right, we got these first five down. A lot of people did think one and four or, you know, maybe you could get to two and three, but you're three and two, and you still got a, a really good chance to win this side of the division. So, you know, you keep that one game at a time mentality, and, and I got to believe that that's really the message is, hey, we got a long way to go here, and we got a lot of good stuff in front of us. Yeah, just super proud and encouraging these guys to keep working and build them up, get them healthy, and let's roll. And one, one week at a time, just try to play better ball. If we just keep improving, just the improvements from last week, we just keep improving. Uh, there's a ton left to play for with this group, and they're a fun group to be around. So this, uh, this comes at a good time. But uh, we come out of this, and, and we, we go to work. And let's just see where this thing lands. I'm, I could not be more proud about where we're at with year one, new staff, new schemes, new people. Uh, this is um, th- th- this is a lot to build on. Coach, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, look forward to catching him again here soon. Thanks, guys. There is head coach Blake Anderson of the Utah State Aggies. When we come back, we'll hear from the Cougars. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to hear from BYU after their win over Utah State. They are now 5-0. and They are ranked 10th in the nation. They moved up three spots. A lot of teams right in front of them lost. Florida, Kentucky. Oof. 
that that helped him pick up a spot right there. Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati was impressive beating Notre Dame. We'll get to all of that a little later in the show. Right now, I want to hear from the Cougars. We're going to start with Ben Bywater. The defense came up big, I thought. With Conover coming in a quarterback, with Romney hurt, how's the offense going to move the ball? Well, you have the lead if the defense just shuts them down. They didn't shut them out in the second half, but they came close, and they did enough, certainly. Here is Ben Bywater, BYU linebacker, Olympus high kid, had to fill in when Peely went down, got his chance. Here's Ben Bywater after the win over Utah State. What adjustments did the defense make in the second half to get off the field? Definitely. I mean, we, uh, towards the third end of the third quarter, we uh, started playing a little bit more drop eight um, just because we knew that they were going to start throwing the ball. So, I mean, it's all it's all scheme-based. And so, if you uh, we, we started shutting down the run in that third quarter, so they had no other option but to pass. So, that was kind of the game plan, and uh, it worked out for us. Your team only gave up 22 yards on the ground on 35 carries. What does that say about the run defense that you were able to just shut them down that completely? Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of how the guys the guys played, especially. I mean, these, these we've worked hard all offseason, so for us to, to go in there and dominate the line of scrimmage like that, it's just a testament of our hard work. So, you know, I'm proud of those guys, and we got a great scout team, a great, you know, great scheme in general with the coaches. So, uh, yeah, that's that's that explains why. Five games into the season now, and you guys still have not trailed an opponent at any point this season. What, what does that say about how this team is, is performing from the start of the game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just shows we're, we're coming out. We're coming out hot, confident. So, I mean, it's definitely – there's pros and cons of both, right? You want to be in tough situations so that you can, you know, bounce back. But, you know, I'm proud of our guys. And, and for us not to trail is, is something to, you know, hang our heads high about. So, I mean, I'm proud of us for doing that. And it just shows that our offense and our defense, we're complete team. So, Who were some of the guys in the locker room when it was known that Baylor was going to be out the rest of the game? Who were some of the guys that maybe stepped up vocally and said, like, hey, stay, keep your head on spot, keep yeah, definitely. I mean, the captains, right? I mean, Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely. I mean, I mean, those guys. I mean, we we heard uh, when Baylor was out. I mean, that's that's tough. Baylor's a great player, so um, I mean, but we believe in Jake, right? So Jake Jake came in, did a great job, didn't turn the ball over, and was able to march down the field and get a few scores. So I mean, the whole team stepped up in general, but obviously we looked to our captains to, to lead us through those. Personally, what's it like better. when you when you get those third downs and they get it by an inch or a foot or whatever, and it's just over and over. And you're just on the field forever. Definitely. I mean, those. I mean, it's it's a game of inches, right? Football is. So you get them in those third downs, and you want to hold them fourth down. And you know, we were able to get a fourth down stop here, and, and I'm proud of us for doing that. But you just keep playing, right? And we got a lot of guys. We'll rotate, and they're they're high tempo teams. So for us to go in there and, and have a lot of guys rotating and everyone's executing for us to put up, you know, our points and and hold them to what we did. I'm really proud of how everybody played. Personally, you had three TFLs tonight. You feel like you bounced back a little bit from last week and kind of got your feet under you and got going? Definitely. I mean, there's always things you can do every week to elevate your game. So that was something. After last week, I mean, you know, I had eight tackles last week. I felt good, but, I mean, there's always things, right? I wanted to be a little bit more aggressive. So, obviously, I talked with the team, you know, I talked with the team therapist about it, some things that could help me personally. But and we got a great scout team, great coaches. I mean, and for me to be up in that flex position, and then be able to fall out on run. I mean, those those opportunities that are created come from scheme. So great D line, they did great chewing up the blocks, and then you know it frees me up to go to go get those TFLs. So anything else for Ben? 
What do you think of Ty's performance tonight? I mean, you had a pretty good view from the sideline, but did you yeah. ever go like, hey, quit scoring so quickly? <laughs> no, Tyler Algier is a stud. I mean, he's a freak athlete. I, I love being his teammate. I mean, he's a guy that gives full effort. So Tyler Algier is, uh, you know, I, I hope he goes high in the draft. And so I really, I really like the way he plays. He's tough. He's physical. He's strong. And he works hard. So, I mean, you can look up to that guy in multiple ways. There's Ben Bywater now. Here's the third-string quarterback, Jacob Conover. Had to play the whole second half. Five of nine, 45 yards, got them points they needed, didn't turn the ball over, didn't give the Aggies anything easy, won the game. Will they need more against Boise State? Yes. Will they need it from him? Unknown. I would expect Romney doesn't go, but I don't know that. Maybe Hall will be back after missing two games, or maybe Conover's got to be the guy. Here's Jacob Conover. Jacob, you wanted this opportunity. What was it like? I mean, it's pretty surreal, you know, just the moment I've been preparing for, and it was just a great team win. Talk about knowing when you found out that Baylor was out and it was going to be yours, you know, your team at that point. What, what, what went through your head? What did you have to do mentally to, to be ready? Because you knew you, had, you could go out at, that, at any moment. You know, they were coming after Baylor hard. They had a good defensive scheme, and he took some shots, and so I was just ready. Um, the players knew uh, I was going to go in after that, after, you know, the hit at halftime, but they just showed their trust in me. I had trust in them, and it was like a big family just rocking and rolling. Tyler had an incredible performance for you guys in the backfield, over 200 yards rushing. How much does that help you when you're coming in for the first time like that to have somebody like him in the backfield with you? I think each and every player knows the guy right next to him is accountable for his own actions and just ready to make plays. Um, especially the O-line up front, guys stepped up everywhere tonight, and Tyler especially. When they called a pass play on your first play as a collegiate quarterback, what kind of confidence did that give you, or what message did that send? You know, I know Coach A-Rod trusts each and every one of us. He trusts Jaron, he trusts Bailey, he trusts me, he trusts Soldier. And he, you know, it doesn't skip a beat. The offense will skip a beat uh, no matter who's at the helm. What were some of the conversations you had with Aaron Roderick on the phone uh, in, in between those drives, after the first couple drives? You know, it was very positive. He, you know, explained to me what we were going to do and just how we were going to rock and roll and manage the game. What does it do for you when you got a guy like Tyler Algier to hand the ball off to? You know, it's it's awesome. You know, it's it's so demoralizing for a defense to know someone can just run it right down your throat. I don't know what's going to end up happening, but does anything change for you going into this next week as you guys prepare for, for Boise State? You know, preparation stays the same. You know, every guy who's not the starter has to prepare like he's going to. And so this week, you know, it's going to be nice to watch General Conference tomorrow on Sunday and just get ready to get after Boise State next week. Jacob, when was the last time you played in a game? You know, it's, it's, it's been a while. Maybe three and a half years. Do you feel like if you were called upon next week to be the number one guy, do you feel like this experience now gives you that confidence to, to be ready to be that starter? You know, I'll never forget this experience. It was awesome. But, you know, we got to keep moving on next week, and if my number's called, I'll be ready. And you were a guy that's always dreamed of playing at BYU. You just wanted to mean to, to go in and a rivalry game, you know, a trophy game, and what did that mean for you? Um, it was awesome. You know, it was a moment I prepared for. You know, when it came, you know, I had a little bit of butterflies. You know, it was my first collegiate game, but it had been a moment I've been preparing for for a long time. There's Jacob Conover. Now here's Tyler Algier, BYU's running back. I uh, checked the stats on NCAA.com yesterday. He is eighth in the nation in rushing. And Boise State, according to NCAA.com, 106th out of 130 teams. They give up more than 190 yards per game on the ground. Tyler Algier, after 
the win over Utah State? I want to say it was a great team win. Great team win. Literally offense had our back, or literally offense did our thing. Defense had our back, and then special teams, literally, it was just a great team win in general. How tired are you was the question back here. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it was, a, it was a great team win. It was a great win. A great win. Battle we're 5-0, and but literally on to the next. What was the morale of the offense when you knew Baylor was going to be out for the main of the game? Honestly, we literally, I think we were fine. We were fine just because of the trust that we have in our quarterbacks, and that's just what BYU football is. Literally, if someone goes down, the next person will know the play and know what to do and literally just take over. On those long runs, when you're just getting close to the end zone, you, you had one that ended up at the half, and you got one where you rolled in. What's that last few steps like? <laughs> Don't get caught. <laughs> and then I ended up getting caught at the one. I was like, damn. No, but it's, it's cool. It's cool, you know, literally just doing doing what I'm coached to do and literally just trying to do, trying just trying to get in the end zone. So. What was it like in front of the South Carolina crowd today? Hostile as hell, but it was it, honestly we, we we made it into a positive. You we know, literally just laughing at their jokes and all that. So I think that's what you literally if uh, we came we came here in a hostile environment, literally just took that and had what what they were saying in our head. It would have been bad, but literally just making jokes of it and literally just having that cool head. And I think that's exactly what we did today. After uh, they scored to cut it to a seven point game. First play after that, you reeled off the, the long run. But what was said in the huddle before you guys started that series? We need points. We need points. Literally, to, hey, let's go offense. You know, we need to score. We need to score. And literally, if it's three points, if it's three points is fine. But, you know, literally always always in our mind we need to score. So I think that's literally what had everyone under P's and Q's. And literally that's what we did. Through five games now, you guys have never trailed any opponent. What does that say about this team that you've been able to not only win but stay ahead of Wire to wire. Like I said about freaking uh, Jacob Conover, I just think we're all reliable and relentless, literally. If someone comes down, literally, we're literally, like, we had two offensive linemen that were down and two offensive linemen that ended up picking picking it up and literally just ended up starting and doing their thing. So, you know, it shows a lot to what BYU football is and what we're, what we're messages. And literally, just we're all reliable and literally that's what BYU football is. And what we do. Did you guys sing the Wagon Wheel song? <laughs> you can hear it. We're playing it right now. <laughs> yeah, so we're all having a, having a blast singing the Wagon Wheel, so it's great. Did you have a favorite sign from the crowd? Like, I saw BYU. BYU player shower with their socks on. I saw Gunner walking up and said, Gunner's a stupid thing. Did you see anything that stood out to you? Honestly, not really. Not really. I wasn't really looking like that, but honestly, they were saying some funny stuff, but. What is it about this team that whenever you guys get in a tight spot, maybe, you know, one possession game, you guys always have an answer? What's, what's led to that? What's caused that? Literally just having the defense back, you know, literally them scoring, them scoring right there, and then, or even if it's a field goal, you know, we're just trying to get points on the board and literally just having everyone's back, offense, defense, and special teams is what literally what we do. And I think that's what's, that's what's really different from the past teams and what this team is now. Today. Last two questions. How does it feel to just have a, a career night, 208, your best performance as BYU What does that mean to you? Shoot, grateful, but literally just making the old line right, making the old line right, you know, literally then they work their butts off. All my credit goes to my old line. How would you rate your QB3's performance? I mean, third quarterback of the year coming in in this environment, hostile as hell, all of that, but it seemed like Conover kind of settled into the game pretty nice. No, he did great. He did great, literally just coming in, coming in from the second half with Baylor, with what happened to Baylor and literally just doing his thing, doing his thing, literally. Because who, all just everyone just being ready. Everyone being ready and literally 
did what he did. There's Tyler Algier. Now here's head coach Kalani Sataki. It was a fun game. Um, that was a really, really cool environment. Um, just really, I mean, it was loud and, and, and it was a lot of fun. So just a, a lot of credit to Utah State and, and their fans being loud tonight and showing up and supporting their team. Uh, just like to thank all the fans that showed up for us and Glad that we were able to grind out the win. It, was, it, was, it wasn't easy. Uh, Utah State gave them a lot of credit. They made things really difficult for us to get this win. But I'm just proud of our players and, and proud of the way they, they made enough plays to win the game. And, and just really, really uh, happy with our players. We're really happy with our coaches, the adjustments they made and things that they did with the, with the play calls on offense, defense, and special teams. Really happy. What can you say about Tyler's uh, running tonight? Career high in 208 yards. Yeah, he got really tired. He couldn't finish the game. He's so tired, you know. But uh, just really, really happy. Um, and if you ask him, he'll he'll give a lot of credit to the to the line and everyone blocking downfield. But um, did a great job protecting the ball. You know, making sure that they had good ball security. I had to watch the film to see if it was perfect, but other than that, I, I really was I was really happy with the way he ran the ball and the way the offensive line blocked for him. What's the diagnosis on Baylor? I don't know yet. I I, I mean I wish I knew, I knew, but I talked to him after the game. He's on the sideline, and so uh, we'll see. We'll have to evaluate it uh, in the next 24 hours, and then go into the next week, and we'll see what happens. But he obviously couldn't come back and play the game, and. We have to protect him and keep him safe. So that's thank goodness for Jacob Conover and and um, you know we, we had to play with some guys that that uh, some some depth. Some guys stepped up and made a lot of big plays and just I'm really thankful that our coaches and our players stepped up and made 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 it uh, possible for us to get the win. What you what in game adjustments did your coaching staff make? Um, Jaron's close. We practiced, but we just didn't feel like he was good enough yet. Um, and we felt like Baylor had a better week of practice, and so just kind of trying to feel it out and figure out what's the best thing for the player number one, and then what's uh, right for our team. So that's we're hoping we can get him back. We're hoping we can get Baylor back. We'll have to just kind of see that. What uh, in-game adjustments did your coaching staff make that, that specific adjustments that stood out that were a difference? Well, I mean, whatever he did with the front, that, that, that worked. You know, I, I like the. I like that, that we, we relied on our front to win the game for us in the second half, our D-line. And a lot of times it brought three-man for us, and, you know, and it hit. So I, what I was really proud of in winning the front was stopping the run game. That's what we wanted to do is control the run game with three guys rushing the ball. And when you can do that, you probably, probably play some really great defense if you can do that to a team. And they, they have an explosive team. I don't know how many uh, plays we, we had to defend, but it was a lot. And I was just really proud of the adjustments, getting the depth in there and rotating the guys. We made one mistake in rotation. But other than that, I thought we were able to keep our guys mostly fresh. And um, and that's a, that's a huge credit to our players, but also our coaches getting them ready. What was the message you and uh, Roderick gave to Conover going into the second half when you knew he was going to be the guy? Oh, we trust him. I mean, he knows that. And so... We trust him with with everything in the playbook. I think I don't know if his first play was a throw. Might have been. I don't know. But that's what. Yeah, we trust him to, to be a quarterback, not just to hand the ball off. Even though that's what we did towards the end because we're trying to grind the clock out and milk it. But um, I, I thought I thought he did a good job taking some shots down the field, and, and I thought he did a good job making adjustments and checks at the line of scrimmage, um, especially in, in an environment where it was really loud in the second half and, and a little difficult. I think we had some penalties because of it. But credit to Utah State. Fans, they made a lot of noise and made it difficult for us to hear. Talk about Jacob coming back and getting a chance to get an interception. I know he got beat on the one pass, but made a, made a play to end the game. Yeah, just having that opportunity to, to should have had two picks. 
and he should stay on his feet because he's a lot. He can cover better when you're on your feet. But um, it's the belief that, that uh, Coach Guilford and Tuyaki and Ed Lamb and them having our players. It's a, you make a mistake, you can learn from it and get back in there and, and make plays. And, and we wouldn't be able to win the game without him and without um, you know we had him and, and Jacob Warren replacing uh, some of the stuff that Caleb when we lost Caleb Christensen. So uh, those guys really stepped up. I, I, I the eleven guys on the field are great, but it was the other eleven that really stepped up and made some plays for us too. Yeah, credit for them, but I was getting frustrated and getting angry, and I think they had a 19-play drive, and I'm like, golly, you know, that's, but they made plays. They went for it on fourth down, even on their side of the ball and uh, on their side of the field, and so it was just credit to, to Blake and, and the rest of the staff. Those guys were aggressive and wanted to make plays, and they weren't afraid to go for it on fourth down, and we were close. I, I liked the coverage, other than I didn't see a lot of broken coverage. I, I saw a guy slip and they made a play, but uh, they have a, a really explosive offense, and I thought our guys hung in there, and our, we used all our corners to, to cover. And they, I thought we played a lot of man coverage today, so you know, hopefully uh, we, we, I think we used all six corners, so that was good. How was the experience being uh, basically pressed up against a student section right on the sideline? Was it difficult to communicate at all? Or? Yeah, because they're noisy. They did a good job, and, 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 and it was a lot of fun, though. I, I told our players embrace it you know towards the end I mean we just wanted to, I was clapping them up because I wanted to give them give them a lot of credit for for what they did and hope they can keep supporting their team because that, that is a huge advantage for them here and it was just a lot of fun I, I told our players to have a good time with it all so that it was different they were really really on top of you there the last question how big was it to get off to the hot start though in an environment like that when you know that kind of at least settled them down a little bit because they, you guys were in the league the whole game yeah, the fast starts help us, um, but I like ending the right way, and we've been able to do that in, in, in our games. And so uh, we just we just have to stay consistent in the way we play. I like the way our guys are being coached. I like the way our guys are responding. We've had to use quite a bit of depth in the last five games, and so um, let's heal up and take an extra day to get better, and, and, and you know, an extra day to prep and get ready for Boise because they'll, they'll be ready to, to come into our house and, and play a ranked team. They, they've they've been on that side. Before. We've been on that side before, so we know. Uh, I know that that Andy will have his guys ready. There's BYU coach Kalani Sataki. They'll be going for six and zero against Boise State on Saturday. Can they get halfway through the season undefeated? I wouldn't have picked it. I didn't pick it, but it's right in front of them. 1.30 ABC, Saturday afternoon. Big game. All right, more in a moment. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.